And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lydia House. I'm Pastor Nate. Morning, Laura, and everyone else. Go ahead, come on in, have a seat. Welcome to everybody joining us on Zoom. We're great, glad to have you with us. And just remember, mute if you don't want the noise of your room to be heard, and unmute if you do want to be heard. Although if I see you like seemingly talking into the screen, I'll probably remind you to unmute yourself. Unless you just do that on your own, in which case, seek help. And for those who are here, there are some activity bags in the back for kids. There are masks. The uh, offering box is up here in the front. If you want to drop off a tie, they're offering, or you can always do that online, of course, LydiaHouseChurch.org. And we're looking for a couple volunteers to help on occasion with tech stuff. As you can see these days, doing Zoom and live streaming and all this other stuff I don't understand, uh, it takes people to help. And it According to CJ, very easy to learn how to do a lot of stuff. So if you want to help out, let this guy know. CJ, wave. For those who can't see, CJ's waving. It's very easy. I, we know that. Yeah. And, and thank you to, to, to CJ. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Thank you to CJ and Tim and Ruth and Luann uh, and everybody else who helps out with tech. We really appreciate that. And I would like to sing happy birthday to Kaylee Johnstone, who is at her house on Zoom right now, and she is turning 11 on Tuesday. So I think we all know this one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kaylee. May Jesus bless you. Hi, Kaylee. And Kaylee is going to be with us next week, and she's going to share a song with us. Next week is Resurrection Sunday. For those who, who don't know what day it is, it's Palm Sunday today. Next week is Resurrection Sunday or Easter. I'm not one of those don't call it Easter guys. But if you're I, in California, you would have the literal Palm I know. Maybe next year. At some point, I want to like find out how to get those and like order them and have them shipped. And hopefully they won't freeze in the mail and be like <laughs> nasty, wilted, shriveled palm trees. But it is Minnesota. What are you going to do? But I'm thankful for the early spring. Anybody else? Yeah. It feels very Eastery. It Thank feels so very resurrection-y. You look around and you see new life springing up everywhere. Uh, I think that's a, that's a beautiful picture for those of us who live in, in that kind of climate, which we're happy to do. Um, so speaking of Resurrection Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to do something that we haven't actually done in a couple months, which is we call it 1 Corinthians 14, 26 Sunday. Uh, for those who don't know, that's the verse that says, whenever you gather together, everybody should bring a song or a hymn or a spiritual song or a word or a teaching or something. And we do that well at Lydia House the way we normally do things, right? We discuss, we share, people share songs, they, they do a number of things. Every once in a while we want to really focus in on the everybody share sort of thing. So next Sunday, um, Paul and I will prepare like a five-minute thing each, and then the rest of the time will be for you to share. <laughs> yeah, so I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now because... Uh, you know, some people like to share things that are on camera, and maybe you would like, yeah, I'd rather save that one for an off-camera time, and that's fine, whatever you, whatever you want to do. Um, we will be on camera for a while. We do record to put on public access. Hi, everybody watching on TV, by the way, um, as well as on the Internet. So think about, over the next week, do you have a good story of resurrection or new life? Do you have a story about new life in your own life, in your own family, in your own experience? 
um, something that brings the reality of the resurrection of Jesus home for you. Think about if you have something to share. It could be a testimony. It could be a word. It could be a verse from scripture and a few thoughts about it. It could be a song. It could be an interpretive dance. It could be a painting. There's probably other things I can't think of. It could be making a delicious meal that you then feed me. Um, There are a lot of ways to testify to the goodness of God. Amen? So be thinking about that, praying about that for next week. Uh, We wanted to celebrate resurrection in in the most togethery way we can. I feel like Tim wants to say something. I think it's infinitely more difficult to share something for five minutes than it is to share something for 15 minutes and probably takes 10 times as much preparation. For me it is, yeah. I, I have a hard time keeping my thoughts to a small amount of time, as you know Tim well. So yeah, preparing about that for next week. Let's pray and worship the Lord. Amen. We thank you for this Palm Sunday. We welcome you here, Father God. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus, and we welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We thank you for joining us in this place. We thank you that because of what you did on the cross, Lord, we are part of the new covenant. We've been adopted into your family. The Bible says you placed us in Christ. We've been crucified with him and through his death, and then we were raised to new life in baptism. When we celebrate that new life this week, as we think about when you triumphantly entered Jerusalem, and we know why you came. (laughs) You came to be tortured and to die for us so that you could win us the victory. And we praise you for that, and we want to praise you this week. We want to thank you for coming into that, this place. Thank you for coming into this world, giving up all the splendor of heaven to slum it with us so that you could make a way for us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were successful on the cross and that you made a way for us. And as we prepare our hearts for worship, I want to take a moment just to confess anything we need to confess before the Lord. Holy Spirit, bring to our minds anything that we've done or maybe left undone, maybe an unkind word or a thought that we wish we wouldn't have had, we give those things over to you now and we repent of those things. And we receive your forgiveness, the forgiveness that you won for us on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for all the things you do in our lives. We thank you for all the things that you've done. We thank you for all the things that you're doing right now that we don't even realize. You are always working, amen? He's always working in our hearts. Feel free to stand, sit, move around the room.
are here working in this place I worship you I worship you you are here moving in our midst I worship you I worship you you are here working in this place I worship you I worship you you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every heart i worship you i worship you you are here healing every heart I worship you I worship you you are here turning lives around I worship you I worship you you are here mending every heart I worship you yeah. I worship you and you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are you are way maker miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 
that you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you working. Even when I don't feel it, you working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Thank you that you've made a way many times for me in the area of finances. You've made a way where there didn't seem to be a way, and I praise you for that. I thank you for it, Lord. A couple other people, shout out a thanks for how the Lord made a way for you. We thank the Lord for that, too. I still have a cemetery plot in California. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Next week is Resurrection Sunday, where 
Jesus turned a grave into a garden. Amen? He was entombed in a grave, and when he woke up and Mary saw her, he was the gardener, as far as she could tell, because that place didn't look like a grave anymore. We thank you for doing that in our own lives, in our own hearts. I searched the world, but it couldn't fail me. Man's empty praise and treasures of fame to never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Nothing is better than you. And now I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Cause there's nothing better. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Turn graves into gardens. 
You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Cause there's nothing better than you. No, there's nothing better than you. Nothing is better than you. There's nothing better. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Lord, for those of us who don't yet know in our experience that there is nothing better than you, I pray that you would give us that spirit of revelation. Help us to experience you more and more in a deeper and deeper way that we could say, like this song says, that we know there is nothing better than you. shame into glory you're the only one who can you turn morning to dancing you give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one who can you turn to gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can, you turn graves into gardens, you turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, cause there's nothing better than you, no there's nothing better than you, Lord there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Thank you, Jesus. Great words. Go ahead and just sing out. You can sing in the spirit, sing in English, sing in a prayer language. Just make a melody before the Lord. Don't worry about anybody else. Just focus on the Lord, connect with him. Whoa. 
Open your mouth, say something, sing something. Be lifted high. 
time be lifted high. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Higher and higher, Lord. Be lifted high. Be lifted high. Higher and higher, Lord. Oh, 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 oh,
be lifted high, be lifted high, for your glory be lifted high, be lifted high, be lifted high, for your glory be lifted high. Take a moment just to sit before the Lord and listen. feels they have a word from the Lord that's for the group. Go ahead and raise your hand and we'll get you a mic. Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And of course, he was talking about the cross. And um, this just ties in with Andrew's message last week. And I just feel like the Lord is wanting to encourage us that when we daily take, take up our cross um, and follow him, then he is lifted up. He is glorified. And we know that when things seem, seem impossible, which there are many times we think, well, I don't see a way out. He's going to equip us. That's what he likes to do. So equip us, Lord, today. Equip us, Lord. We see you doing that in body, soul, and spirit. I had a dream that... Um, I was going to be climbing uh, and going, actually also going down steep hills. But I had to grab my tennis shoes and I couldn't find them. <laughs> so Lord, give us your tennis shoes. Equip us. We have a walk to do. We have climbing to do. And you're going to be there with us with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, this morning I was listening to Genesis and where Abraham brought Isaac when the Lord told him to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac said to him, Father, here's the fire, here's the wood, where's the sacrifice? And then uh, Abraham said, the Lord himself will provide the sacrifice. And I thought, wow, that's two, you know, 2,000 years before. <laughs> And how true it is. He, he provided the sacrifice his own son. Amen. 
I just wanted to add some insight to Karen's dream. I'm just like shocked that you shared that. So I was actually listening to another ministry and a woman had nearly the exact same dream, but there was a little more color to it. So she was, there was a flood and she was sleeping and all of a sudden a group of godly people came to her and said, you need to leave and flee to the mountain. But the enemy came to her and said, no, keep sleeping. This isn't a big deal. You don't need to be alarmed by this. But so she was in this spiritual tension. And so she started gathering and trying to collect all of her stuff. But the people were like, stop collecting your stuff. It's time to leave. Then she got into her car and she looked down and she realized, I didn't even have my shoes on. And so what the Holy Spirit told her was, in your own strength, so she was battling her own tensions of her own strength to gather things, but then also battling the enemy. And meanwhile, the Holy Spirit said, in all of your struggle and tension, you forgot to take what was most important, your shoes, so you could climb the mountain and flee the flood. And so the, the moral of the dream was just essentially having that attentive ear to listen to what the Spirit was saying in the hour and to wake up to wake up and resist the enemy who's trying to keep us asleep as well as our own inner struggle to take what we think we need when the Lord is saying, I've given you all you need. Just follow me and listen to what the Spirit is saying. So I, I just thought I'd share that because it was nearly the exact same dream you had. And it feels like it's the Spirit doing something in the church. Amen. Paul, can you come up? Uh, would you pray for healing mm. for us? We like to pray for healing every week because that's a good thing to do. And also because God told us, me specifically, do that. Pray for healing every week. And one time someone said, why are you praying for healing every week? No one's ever getting healed. And I said, that's why we're praying for people to be healed every week. Because <laughs> we still need it. Yes. And in his wisdom, sometimes God makes us ask 117 times. I don't know why. Yeah. But if it's 116, let's not stop. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Do you want me to do it? Or you could do it? Yeah. Huh? I do. Yes. We believe your word, Father. We believe what your word says, even when we don't experience it, even when we don't see it right away. We have been praying a lot for different people to be healed. We prayed for Naomi to be healed probably every day for 30, 25 years. We haven't seen it yet. We're gonna pray until we see it. I pray that you give us perseverance to believe for those things that haven't yet happened, that we'll continue to believe, that we'll continue to believe that you are able, that you are willing, and that you do heal, you do heal today. And so we pray for those that are asking for healing now. We believe with them for healing. Ask and it shall be given to you. And we take that promise and we say, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did Gideon, Gideon said he had a word and that doesn't surprise me at all. So, uh, 
When you, when you talk, it'd be easier. Yeah, you can do that if you want. This is Gideon, and sometimes he has words to share. When we say children's sermon, we mean children's sermon. <laughs> okay. Um, so the Lord came to break our sins. He um, came to... Uh, he came to for he came here to um to protect us mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty cool that he does that it's like the best thing i've ever heard of so so it's like the thing that I really want to um that I that I really want here's the thing I really want to happen I really want it to happen that God will come back soon Yes so, does anyone yeah. else agree with that? That it will come back soon? We want him to come back soon for sure. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you, Gideon. Thank you, Gideon. Yeah, appreciate that. Sometimes kids bring wonderful messages. One happened with relatives of ours, one sitting in the room here, and there was a little bit of debate, discussion going on in the front seat, and it was a little tense, and someone from the back seat said, we not sad, we happy. White? That changed things real quick and and, uh, got things back back in order. So I traveled with a very close friend who did ministry with me. His name was George Johnson. He once shared with me that on the day that his two parents died at different times, when they died, he did not cry. And that showed an issue that he had in his emotions that needed to be resolved, wouldn't you say? That there was something uh, tied up inside of him. I'm talking about emotions today. I remember when I was down the street and I was in a, a, a difficult place. I was at Luther Seminary and I had come from three wonderful years and that was the worst best year of my life and a guy met me and I think I told you this maybe before uh, the guys that I was trying to get close to but had different outlooks on life uh, must have told him about me because they said oh we know this guy this pastor cool guy said oh I know you you're the guy that's a good basketball player and a little weird And when he said that, these guys laughed. 
and I died inside because I wasn't ready for it. My emotions were already struggling. And uh, I wish I'd meet him today because I'd, I'd say to him, I'm a lot weirder than you think I am. <laughs> I, I'd be able to handle it. But I couldn't handle it there because I had problems in my emotions. Emotions are funny creatures. Jesus was free. The Pharisees were not. And God can free us from bondages. So at the end of my message today, we're going to pray for God to heal us in the areas where we need healing. I want you to open your Bibles to Luke 19. If you have them, if you don't, there are some Bibles up here. And uh, I got a little map up here. I'm sorry, you guys, in the back. I'll tell you what it says because you probably can't read it. But we're going to look at Luke 19. And it says, when he said these things, he went on ahead going up. So he's going up. Where is he going up from? Well, if you look back at the beginning of chapter 19, he entered Jericho and was passing through. So Jericho is the lowest place on the planet. It's 1,200 feet below sea level. And if we're going up, up Jerusalem is 2,600 feet above sea level. And if you go up to the Mount of Olives, you add a few hundred feet to that. So you've got to climb ahead of you. You've got a, a, a real climb. Here's Jericho. Here's the Jordan Valley, the Jordan River. This separates Israel from what country's over here? Syria. Jordan, right here. Jordan. So Jordan Valley, Jordan River. So here's Jericho, the lowest place on the planet, and they're going to start climbing from here 18 miles. I've taken the walk 18 miles up to, I didn't write Jerusalem in here. That's where the king is, to Jerusalem. And they're on their way up. And when they get to the Mount of Olives, which is the hilly area just this side, just to the east of uh, Jerusalem, the crowds are gathering. Now, how many, how many people are there? Some scholars estimate that because all Jews from around the world come for the Passover, there could be as many as 2 million. Wow. Now, there may have been 100,000. There may have been 500,000. There may have been 2 million. They estimate that there may have been a quarter million lambs slaughtered later this week at the Passover. This was a huge celebration. We don't know how many there were at this point, but the crowds are starting to gather and when Jesus gets the donkey, some are thinking, hey, there's prophecy being fulfilled, and there's excitement. And so they're walking with them on the Mount of Olives, and they get to a certain point, and then if they look down to their left, what can they see? They can see the old city. They can see the city of Jerusalem. They can see the temple. And the crowd is beside themselves with joy. We don't know, I don't know how the Pharisees could have gotten close to Jesus when he had 
maybe 500 people, maybe 1,000 people, maybe 10,000 people. We don't know how many, but he had a mob that was close to him. Somehow, they got to him, and they wanted to say something to him. So we're going to start reading. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent to the disciples, verse 29, and then they go get the donkey. He's riding on the donkey, and verse 35, and as they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down. So now he started down the slope of the Mount of Olives, and he can see there's a lot of trees on, that, uh, on the mount, but there are open areas where you can see it. And so he, he's on his way down. The whole multitude began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. For all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king. Uh-oh. Those are fighting words. If he's the king, there's one king, Caesar Ascurios. That's what they said about Caesar, Caesar Ascurios. He's Lord. Caesar is Lord. They're saying someone else is Lord, someone else is king. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And the Pharisees, they're not real happy. Jesus is really happy. He's taking this all in. They're not happy. And so he, they get close enough to him to say, rebuke your disciples. And listen to what he says. This is a moment filled with meaning. And so he says, I tell you, if these are silent the very stones would cry out. So there's a, this is a time. This is an electric moment. This is a time for gladness. Solomon said there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. The Pharisees were crummy dancers, and they didn't have much to be happy about right now. But Jesus was responding, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud. See your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt of a donkey. So here's my question. Are you free to rejoice? Is your, are your emotions such is your emotional life such that you can rejoice with those who rejoice, that you can enter into the joy of others in your relationships? Do you recognize the reign of the king to the point that even when your health is not the best or your kids are struggling or your finances are good because Jesus is king, are you able to embrace that and say, things are good? I rejoice in the Lord. God, give me your joy. I'll, I'll take your joy. That's first question. And then this next verse. And when he drew near and saw the city, what happened? He wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. What does Jerusalem mean? 
what is the name? Yerushalayim means city of peace. You hear it? Shalom. Shalayim. Yerushalayim. This is the city of peace. And he is, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children with you. They will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. I wonder if the, Pharaoh, if the disciples tried to get to Jesus and say, hey, this isn't time for sadness, because they would do things like that. You know, they'd try to talk to him. I don't know if they got close enough to him to mention it. But here he is. He was just rejoicing. The rocks were going to cry out if they weren't. And now he sees the city, and he's thinking 43 years ahead to AD 70, where they came in and... Uh, I was there the year after the June War of 1967, and there was still a sense of excitement, not here, not AD 70. It was a massacre. And they took, and literally not one stone left on another, they took the stones down because they melted them because there was gold inside the stone. And so that was a literal truth. The only thing that was left standing was the Western Wall, which they call now the Wailing Wall, which may be possibly where more tears are shed than in any other place in the world because tens of thousands visit it all the time. They take their prayers, they write them out, they stick them in the wall. You go there and you see it's, it's just full of paper, full of, full of people saying their prayers, and uh, it's a wailing wall. It's a place of, of sorrow. And that's what's left standing because the, Jesus saw the literal truth of 43 days coming. They did not know their king, and they rejected their king. I have a, a friend who went through some difficult times, and when we talked about it, he said, I am trusting the Lord that he is doing a good work. I got the feeling when he said that, that he wasn't letting the sorrow of that situation properly address him. He was, I don't think he was in touch with what was going on. Jesus was in touch. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. As I look back, I'd say life is harder than I expected it to be. I have two sisters who got divorced. I have two sisters who have died of Parkinson's. Just didn't anticipate that. Didn't, didn't expect that to happen. Life is hard. Life is tough. And here Jesus is entering into the sadness of his father. He is king, but he's not recognized as king. And five days later, he's going to be crucified on the cross. This is a very happy day, and then it's a very sad day. Can you mix those? Can you mix gladness and sadness? You literally can. You can at the same moment rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who, if you 
have healthy emotions. If you are in touch with your emotions, if you know what's going on, Jesus is crying. Did that nullify his rejoicing? Not, a, not in the slightest. We rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. Now look, at it, it's so stark. And they will not leave one stone left upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple. So he had seen it from above here. And then he comes down. He goes into the temple. What does he do? He cleans house. Things were happening that shouldn't have been happening and we are warned with regard to anger. Anger is a very difficult thing for us to manage. Would you agree? The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, it says in James 1. And it's hard for us to get angry in the right way. When we go from a 2 to a 7 in 10 seconds, it's probably not good anger. The Bible says God is slow to anger. That means he doesn't pop off. When we pop off, it's probably the wrong kind of anger. This was not the wrong kind, kind of anger that Jesus had. He wasn't just popping off. He was deliberately taking charge of a situation and feeling his father's emotion. And what did the disciples say? They remembered the scripture, zeal, finish it, for my father's house has consumed me. In fact, it's eaten me up. That's another translation. He was consumed with the anger of his father, and he was going to do something about it right now. And so he, the disciples are shocked because this one who was just rejoicing and then just crying, now he's mad. And he's throwing tables. I want you to picture it. See Jesus throwing tables down. Coins are going everywhere. Guys are scurrying because he's taking charge. How dare you make this house of prayer into a den of robbers? He is mad. So we see him. Three paragraphs, we see him glad, sad, mad. In one reading, in maybe a half a day, what does that say about Jesus? He's not the stoic... Norwegian God that I kind of grew up thinking about in my head. Uh-huh. Like my grandpa. Okay. God, you know, my grandpa was like God in some ways because he was old, and I just, that's how I pictured God as a kid, and he was fairly stoic some of the time, mm -hmm. and I sort of thought that's how God probably was, or he looked like Charlton Heston, mm. when Moses hardly said anything and didn't show any emotion at the end of the Ten Commandments. Right, right. <laughs> You see a lot of emotion in Jesus, and you see it totally under control, but him doing three different things, and each paragraph, 
he says something radically different. He says, this is the time to rejoice. The rocks are going to if you don't. And then he cries. He's weeping. And he said, you should have known. You should know the time of your visitation. I'm the king, but you're not seeing it. And it's not going to be good for you. And he could picture the massacre. And he's crying. He's weeping. And then he walks into the temple. And now he's angry. And he takes charge. And when I read that, I said, I wonder if I'm, the, I'm anywhere near that free. I'm not. I'm not as free in my emotions. I want to learn how to be so submitted to my father, zeal for my father's house. It was his father that caused him to do that. It wasn't his own feeling like they're coming against me. It was his connection to the father that made him do what he did. So what I want to do is I want to pray about our emotions. I like what one little girl said when uh, somebody said, well, th th that was in the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Test uh, God of the Old Testament. And the little girl said, yeah, that was before God became a Christian. <laughs> so the New Testament is nicer. <laughs> Well, God was a Christian in the Old Testament, and he's still a Christian, and he's still angry. I looked at all the verses in the Bible that talked about anger. Sixty percent of them were about God, that we worship an angry God. Now, he doesn't pop off. We worship a loving God. We worship a faithful God. We worship an accessible God. We worship a kind God. He is merciful, and he's also angry. Bible said he's angry every day. Now, my question for you is, do you know how to get angry? Do you, when you get angry, is it appropriate anger? Is it good anger? Can you get good and angry? Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, but the anger of God does. That God can give us his feeling like he gave to Jesus about something, and we can be righteously angry. And at the same time, we can be rejoicing about something and be so free in our emotions. I'm not there, but I want to be. I want to have those kind of emotions. I want the emotions of Jesus that he had on Palm Sunday when he had this expression of glad, sad, mad. The Bible says, be angry. It's a, it's a command. It's the imperative. Be angry and, and don't sin. So let's pray for one another. This is a short sermon. I want the ministry time now to come into play where we can pray together that we can be angry and not sin. We're, we're available to weep. We're ready to weep with those who weep. We can weep, weep, about, weep about the things in our life that aren't right, and we can truly rejoice because God's on the throne. Even if our situation is difficult. Karen, when I heard about the tennis shoes, I knew what it was. We got work to do, honey. Uh, yes, that's true. We've got to talk about it. We, we got downsizing to do. It started. 
We're out of here May 1st, by the way. We'll be moving out of here into the other house, into the girls' house. They're leaving, and we're, we're going. So our kids now, I thought we were in charge, but we're not. Our kids are in charge. We used to mentor them, but now they're mentoring us. And they gave us the plan, literally. They said, Dad, here's what we're going to do. You're going to move out on May 1st. Okay. We're going to go into the other house. Um, and we got boxes all over. We're, we're working it out. So that's what the tennis shoes were about. They're, they're about, yeah. So we got work to do. So I'm going to pray for you, and then I want you to pray with somebody else. It can be a spouse. It can be a friend. But I want you to pray for one another about glad, sad, mad. And you share where you feel you have the most problem. Do you rejoice a lot? Is that a good one? Well, maybe you're good there. Are you able to cry a lot? Are you able to weep with those who weep? My friend wasn't. And he was really gifted and really healthy in so many ways. Did I tell you who it was? George Johnson. He traveled with me. He was wonderful. I, I was shocked when I heard that. So, so we, of course, prayed about it. But that was a tough one because he, he, there was something missing in his connection with mom and dad that made it impossible for him to weep when they died. George, you're stuck. You need healing. So if you're, if you're stuck there, that's going to keep you from being able to respond at a time when God wants you to respond to someone else in their sorrow. And then mad. I think i got to get better at that, knowing how to get mad in a good way. To get good and angry. So I'm going to pray for you now. And then you find somebody next to you, with you, that you can pray with. And then we'll discuss it. After we pray, we'll take the, uh, a little bit, a little time to uh, talk about it together before 12. Okay. Father, we rejoice. We thank you for Jesus and how he demonstrated to us this wealth of emotion on Palm Sunday in his ability to receive the joy of the people, but then to also weep with what was going to happen and then to take charge in the temple and do a very bold thing. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he was so in love with you, so in touch with you, that he knew when to rejoice and when to weep. And, Father, we're sometimes stuck. Our emotions that are supposed to help us experience life sometimes keep us. They're, they're capped, and they keep us from really enjoying what you want us to enjoy. Or they keep us from weeping or from knowing how to get angry well. Will you teach us that so that we can be more like King Jesus? Amen. Okay, your turn now to, to uh, spin around, pray together with somebody, and then after we're done praying, we'll just discuss it a little bit together in about, in about five minutes. <laughs>